The U.S. Attorney's Office appears to say that a special investigating committee can move forward with its probe of House Speaker Michael Madigan. The top Republican on that committee talks about where the process goes next. And the deadline for completing the census is just around the corner. Will the state of Illinois be fully counted? We'll talk about all that and more on this week's edition of Capital Cast. Hello and welcome to Capital Cast, a regular podcast of Capital News Illinois. I'm Peter Hancock. Partisan tensions were on display this week over a special committee's investigation of Democratic House Speaker Michael Madigan's role in a bribery scheme involving utility giant Commonwealth Edison. Republicans and Democrats on the panel agreed early on to consult with the U.S. Attorney for the Northern District of Illinois, John Lausch, to make sure their investigation did not interfere with an ongoing federal criminal probe. On Thursday of this week, Lausch issued a letter saying the committee could move forward however it wished as long as it doesn't try to find out what people have told federal prosecutors or a federal grand jury. But soon after that letter came out, the top Democrat on the committee, Representative Emanuel Chris Welch, issued a statement saying he believes Lausch's instructions were much more restrictive. Quote, information underlying the deferred prosecution agreement beyond what is already public could be met with objection by federal prosecutors, and any further information collected by the federal government that informed that agreement is explicitly off-limits. So, where does the House investigation go from here? I asked that question to Representative Tom Demmer, the ranking Republican on the Special Investigating Committee. Well, the first step uh, for this investigation is to invite the witnesses that have been identified um, to come in and uh, and share some of their knowledge and information with us. Um, you know, both the individuals that have been named as well as uh, representatives of Commonwealth Edison. Um, uh, you know, I, I hope that uh, those individuals are uh, willing to uh, to share their knowledge about the circumstances that we're investigating. Um, you know, we call call for them to be. Uh, open and honest uh, and complete in their testimony. Um, and so I think the first step is to invite them to come in and uh, start to understand what kind of testimony or documents we're going to have uh, available to us. Okay, so have you sent those letters yet? I know they got entered into the record. The, the letters have not been sent yet, but um, yesterday Chairman Welch indicated that the letters were being prepared to be sent. So... U.S. Attorney Lausch issued his letter. You read it and saw one thing. Uh, Chairman Welch read it and apparently saw something else. Uh, what was your reaction to the way he interpreted it? I think, you know, you can see the letters for yourself. You know, both of those are they're, they're public now, and I think people who read through them get the very clear message from uh, the U.S. Attorney's Office. First, they respect uh, our obligation and duty to conduct this investigation in accordance with the House rules. Um, and second, uh, they they are not exercising any objections to us calling individuals um, that we've named to testify, uh, calling those individuals to produce documents. Um, 
And, uh, you know, we're able to, they specifically say, we're able to ask them questions about topics in the deferred prosecution agreement, um, even if they've shared that information already with the, with federal prosecutors. Uh, we're simply not um, allowed to ask more procedural things like, what did you say to a grand jury? Uh, or did you participate uh, in and did you get interviewed by federal investigators or did you participate in a grand jury? Those procedural things are off limits. And frankly, that's you know not, not something that I think would be helpful for our investigation anyway. What we got the go ahead for is to ask them to uh, tell us about the circumstances that are in the deferred prosecution agreement. Okay. Uh, and those seem like pretty reasonable restrictions. Uh, is is there a, a federalism issue here? I mean, certainly the Justice Department is empowered to prosecute federal crimes, uh, but the state of Illinois and its General Assembly have a certain amount of autonomy, including the right to police their own membership. Um, how far is the Justice Department allowed, or how far can they go in telling the Illinois General Assembly what questions you can and can't ask. Well, this is where I think they responded uh, appropriately and respectfully, saying that they acknowledge the independent role that we have to play. Uh, frankly, we're asking two separate sets of questions. You know, they are um, evaluating actions and activities based on federal law. Um, we are asking a question of did Speaker Madigan engage in conduct on becoming a legislator? Uh, and did that constitute a breach of the public trust? Uh, those are not, you know, federal criminal charges. Those are questions that we ask um, as the House of Representatives. And so that's where I think there is an opportunity for us to uh, conduct, you know, this, this um, uh, exercise, even while the federal investigation is ongoing, because, you know, at the end of the day, we're looking for two different things. Okay, I, I can think of a couple of you know high-profile examples: uh, the Trump impeachment uh, process and the Watergate hearings back in the '70s, where Congress had its investigation going, the Justice Department, the FBI, special prosecutor had their investigation going at the same time, and they didn't seem to interfere with each other. Uh, how is this any different? It's not different. This, this, the same. The same is true of uh, many impeachment trials. I mean, think of Governor Blagojevich's impeachment trial happened at the same time that he was facing federal charges. Um, the same with the time that this special investigative committee process has been used before with former Representative uh, Derek Smith. There were there was a, a federal criminal complaint um, at the same time as as a motion to expel him from the House. And so, you know, these two can certainly be conducted at the same time. And the U.S. Attorney's uh, Office acknowledged and confirmed that. Okay, so what's the next step here? Do you, is there going to be another meeting of the committee next week? Uh, the committee will meet. Um, the date has not been um, set as of yet, but the committee will meet sh shortly. Um, and, uh, you know, I think that it's appropriate for us to begin that next meeting by saying, okay, we enter into the record this response we got from the U.S. Attorney's Office, and I think it would be appropriate for us to start to start the process by inviting both 
the petitioner and the respondent. So both uh, Leader Durkin, who filed the petition, and Speaker Madigan, the respondent to the petition, uh, to come in and, and uh, present their opening statements. That was State Representative Tom Demmer. And now let's bring in the rest of the CNI news team, State House Bureau Chief Jerry Nowicki and reporter Raymond Troncoso. Jerry, I'll start with you first. Uh, are the Democrats really going to let anything happen in this investigation? Is it going to go anywhere, or do you get the sense that uh, they're just trying to put this to an end as quickly as possible? Yeah, it seems, I don't know, Representative Welch seems to be protecting the speaker a little bit uh, from the outside observer's perspective. Um, he doesn't really want to let too much questioning get through Um it uh, sounds like they may call some witnesses. I don't know if he's going to try to cut off some of the lines of questioning at the committee. Uh, but as you heard, Representative Demmer seems to think, you know, we could do this investigation, as you pointed out, and as Representative Demmer pointed out, the Bogoyevich investigation was the same thing. They were investigating him federally as, as Democratic senators uh, were um, kind of deciding whether to expel him from the office. So uh, I don't know, uh, It's it, to me, it seems like if another shoe falls from the federal investigators, that's when uh, the floodgates might open. Uh, and I'm talking about an indictment or more documents uh, sort of showing that Madigan has involvements here or there or whatever, but it's going to come down to the feds, uh, I think, at this point. Okay. And Ray, I want to turn to you because there has been other news happening. Uh, late this week, Governor Pritzker was out on the road doing kind of a last-minute campaign, kind of a push for everybody to fill out their 2020 census forms. Uh, where do we stand on that right now? How is Illinois doing in terms of getting responses to the census? In terms of self-response, Illinois is doing pretty well. We're at 70.5% self-response rate. Um, that's equal to what Illinois was at in 2010. And with two weeks left before the, or two and about two weeks before uh, the census presumably closes pending, you know, ongoing litigation, we're on track to surpass our 2010 numbers. In terms of total numeration, everyone being counted, we're still above average. I think we're about 16th right now uh, in terms of states. But in terms of door knocking, you know, actual people from the Census Bureau going out and knocking on doors, we're 40th in the country. People are having a lot of trouble, uh, you know, knocking on doors, getting access to people, particularly in the more rural uh, counties. Yeah, I, I actually saw a door knocker uh, come by the apartment building where I live. Uh, so they are out in Spr Springfield. Uh, are there any particular pockets of the state where they're having uh, more trouble reaching people? Yeah, in the southern counties. So if you look at the Census Bureau of, of Illinois or the Census Office of Illinois, they keep stats on, on counties and they break them down by region. And the southern region by far has some of the lowest self-response rates and the slowest or and the lowest follow-up response rates, meaning door knockers, you know, reached out to them. They didn't fill it out themselves. And there's a lot of things that complain to that. It could be the pandemic, you know, it's just harder to get around. It's harder to get access to people. People aren't opening their doors and uh, responding. Um, in terms of self-response, it's also pretty low down there because of lack of internet connection, mailing, uh, 
doesn't really work down there because the census will not send it to PO boxes and PO boxes are big down there. Okay. And there's also been some litigation nationally about this um, because of the pandemic. Normally the census would be done say in June or July, uh, but because of the pandemic, uh, the deadline was at first pushed back to the end of October and then President Trump decided to pull that up to the end of September, which is just a couple of weeks away. Uh, but there's been some litigation on that. Some states are trying um, to push it back, trying to buy some more time. Uh, where do we stand on that? Yes. Yeah, so courts have basically put a restraining order on the Trump administration to avoid winding down the census. So they haven't pushed back the September deadline, but they basically said you can't take any action towards winding down those counts as if September, the end of September was the deadline. So act as if the deadline will be sometime in the future. Now, I'm not sure if that's actually changed anything at the census office, but uh, we are due for a new report by, or a new order by the federal court that this is in on the 22nd. And we'll see if they push it back to October or if the September 30th deadline stands. And the 22nd would be this coming Tuesday, is that right? Yes. Okay. Uh, and now I want to switch back to Jerry uh, because, you know, we're talking about how the pandemic has been affecting everything in Illinois, including the census count. Uh, how are we, where do we stand now uh, in terms of how bad the pandemic is? Has, has the state made any progress here in the last week? Yeah, so the uh, positivity rates are, have been relatively flat. Uh, the rolling uh, seven-day percentage has remained around 3.5, 3.6%. But some good news in Will and Kankakee counties, which is region seven of the reopening plan, uh, they're going to go back to phase four effective at the end of the day today, or actually, which is Friday, effective at about 5 p.m. Friday. They'll be, uh, Friday, September 18th, they will be able to go back to indoor dining, indoor bars and restaurants because their uh, positivity rate dipped to 5.6%, which is well below the 8% threshold that uh, created the greater mitigations and below the 6.5% uh, that they needed to hit to uh, get those privileges back. Uh, in Metro East, which is Region 4, uh, it's at about 8% right now, which is another decrease. They're coming down uh, fairly well at this point, but they still need to get to that 6.5% before they can see indoor dining uh, in uh, bars and restaurants again. You know, I was just looking up some numbers from other states, and in particular Missouri, uh, because uh, the Metro East area is right there next to Metropolitan St. Louis. Uh, the statewide positivity rate in Illinois, as you said, is about three and a half. Uh, 3.8%. Missouri, which has much looser mask mandates, 11.3%. Iowa, which also has much looser mask mandates, 13.8%. So if you're along the Missouri or Iowa border, uh, you're really kind of rowing against the tide because the states right across the river have much looser restrictions and much higher uh, infection rates and people are bringing that back and forth uh, across the border. So, you know, to what extent can the people of East St. Louis and Metro East uh, really be held responsible for that? 
Right. That's what frustrates some of the local leaders there. Uh, no matter what, you're getting people crossing those border each way. And the governor says, you know, I don't want to shut that down, but uh, one way or another, we got to get this positivity rate under control. I mean, that, that's just one of the difficulties. He keeps pointing to not having a national strategy. Uh, but, you know, it's just one of the difficulties when Missouri is, uh, you know, a little bit laxer with some of those regulations. And we'll have to leave it at that for this week's edition of Capital Cast. But before we go, we do want to encourage everybody to fill out the census. You can do it online at my2020census.gov. It only takes a few minutes. Capital Cast is a production of Capital News Illinois, a statehouse reporting project of the Illinois Press Foundation. Until next time, this is Peter Hancock saying thank you for listening.